Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show On The Mark. I've Joe, got my eyes on you. Buddy. I know you're I'm already I'm watching shaking. you very closely today. <laughs> I haven't said anything yet. He's already shaking. I believe you have the potential to be out of control here this morning. At any moment. All right. (laughs) Okay. But I'm watching. Yeah, Joe's already (laughs) shaking his head no, and I haven't even said anything yet. All right. Well, I'm I'm wrong. Let's just stipulate I'm wrong. Good. Then we're done with the show. That'll smooth out the rest (laughs) of the program. Welcome to On the Mark, WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the Mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. Uh, Mr. Kevin Hur is on the other side of the glass, our fabulous producer. So we appreciate him showing up today on the market sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. We won't have open phones initially today. We have some great guests here, so we're going to be talking about the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way and their issues and opportunities and how they're doing a little bit of makeup from uh, last year, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, if you have a question for our guests, you can email it to onthemarkatwkok.com and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. We would love to hear from you. Uh, I have interviewed Adrian Mayo probably three or four times uh, so far. I've been lucky enough to talk about uh, the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way, where she is president and CEO and uh, president and CEO of the United Way of Columbia and Montour County. But this is actually the first time we've been in the same room. So welcome aboard. Welcome. It's really fun to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for coming in. Very much appreciated. So I'm glad to see you. And you brought Danielle uh, Valkoff, and she is the marketing strategist for Columbia and Montour counties. Hello, nice to be here. Yeah, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for coming in. I think we got a lot to talk about. I, I think one of the things I always try to capture when we talk about the United Way is, uh, you know, this old <laughs> biblical illustration. You don't teach people, you don't give people a fish, you teach them to fish. And I think that's really important. So the, that is the United Way's mission and goal and mindset as it has grown over the years. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, I think that we are all about uh, enabling self-sufficiency. I think that that teaching people to fish comes in a lot of different forms and um, we really love to talk about you know even mentorship we don't have you know some people in our community don't have the opportunity to have someone to call when they need something so you know that teaching someone to fish we'll talk about it comes in a lot of different forms but we do love to empower people well obviously one of the things that you've been in the news for recently is not empowering people it's Mm -hmm. losing money Uh, about $138,000 on a concert tell us a little bit about how that happened and and what impact it's had on the United Way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the one thing, um, you know, I do want to say, just to be clear, is I can't speak for things for, um, you know, that I wasn't there for. So the Live United Live concert happened in June of 2021.
one after being postponed multiple times due to COVID. Uh, I came in in July of 2021, so just the next month, which is kind of a, a funny thing. Um, Welcome on board. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, of course, the concert has been something that we've been, you know, really working through as an organization. We, to be clear, are not in the business to do large scale events and lose money. That's not what we want for our community. We think that, you know, the ticket sales uh, just really weren't where we were hoping they were going to be at. We were in the middle of a pandemic. We're really, you know, pushed to do the concert because of some contractual obligations there. You know, it was just really time to do it as things opened up. We can remember, you know, last June we were kind of no masks. Vaccines had just become a thing. We felt it was the right time. Um, But the ticket sales just weren't there. But uh, I can assure everybody that the, uh, you know, the United Way staff and our, especially our executive committee at Greater Susquehanna Valley have really, you know, all come together and said, how do we make sure that something like this doesn't happen again? That's a main priority. Where'd you get the money to cover the shortfall then? Danielle, do you want to cover that one? Yeah, (laughs) sure. Um, Happy to. Um, I just want to uh, set the record straight. Uh, The daily item did say that the PPP loan was um, used to cover and cover the cost of the concert, and that is not correct. The PPP loan was used appropriately, and we really want and need people (laughs) to understand that it was used for salaries and utilities, exactly what that PPP loan was designated for. Um, And the key thing here is, this was mentioned in the article, is that it was forgiven. And the only way that it can be forgiven is if it was used appropriately. So they wouldn't have forgiven it if we didn't use it appropriately. So just to clear that up straight out the gate, PPP loan was used correctly and was used appropriately. And um, in talking about how we covered the loss, because it was a loss and it is a mistake, and we're aware of that, and we are learning from that, as Adrian had said, you know, we are putting in some checks and balances to our policies and procedures to really help mitigate and limit any loss and also increase accountability for any future events that we do. This is something that we've been working hard on ever since Adrian came on board in July, and we were kind of assessing the company and looking at best practices and all of the pieces that we were really hoping to, you know, as when a new CEO comes in, they do an assessment. Hey, what, you know, fresh eyes, let's take a look at what we've got going on here. So, um, we have an allocation process um, that's intricately tied to our operating budget. So whenever someone sends a donation into the United Way, if they've allocated it to a partner agency, to a fund, to a program, that immediately comes right off, you know, right out and gets sent aside for all of those funds. So they go directly to what the donor wants it to go to. If they send something to us that's what we call an unrestricted fund or general donation for us to use as, you know, we see fit, that really goes into this larger pool where we we take that money and either put it towards allocations in the forms of grants to our partner agencies or it goes towards our operating budget. Um, But to be very clear, that that money that we're left with is all after things have been designated and pulled aside. So So if I donate money for charity, that is where it goes. Yeah. And so our operating budget that we had allocated for our operating budget, that's what covered the financial loss for the 
the concert. Well, in your defense, you've been not lucky, but not invincible is the word that com- pops into my mind. But the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way has just grown exponentially over yes. the years because of ultra-forward thinking people on the board. And, I mean, I think of the Tammy Radeke and the Carrie Albright and the Joanne Trauman. I mean, these are some of the women in the world who uh, are, are like two steps ahead of me. Mm-hmm. They they think big. You know, I once had somebody I interviewed once say, the trouble with people around here is they think small. And it wasn't really the kindest thing to say. But he was trying to point out that there are some big thinkers. Well, half of the biggest thinkers in our area are on your board. So uh, between the executive directors and the boards, not invincibility, but most of the things that you tried, this big thinking, had worked in previous years. Yeah, well, we really appreciate that. And I'll tell you, um, it was intimidating to come in as president and CEO of Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way. I mean, I knew we were bringing great people. Look at Danielle here. Um, But big thinking, big ideas, you know, just really, um, you know, outside the box that's like such a cliche thing to say but you know we just and I think that that was part of this concert is could we try it could we do it and you know unfortunately COVID kind of said no we can't the the concert was you know thought of before COVID-19 was even you know a thing so you know they tried it they think big this one didn't work out but you know and I appreciate the invitation to come on because I think we're going to talk about some other big thinking that we're carrying out now and that's you know that's where we'd like to stay focused is we're, you know, we're always moving forward and we are trying and everyone on our board and, and our entire staff, amazing people who are just really wanting to do the right thing in the community. Well, the big thinkers who were there and who created this project, uh, you had a chance to cancel it after the first year, right? When it failed, you didn't have to renew for the second year. I mean, didn't anybody look at the downside of this and say, well, gee, what is the absolute worst that can happen to us here? And well, oh, gee, it's losing hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know? Is even taking a risk like that, I know it's thinking outside the box, but is it a reasonable thing for a charitable organization to do? I want to be clear that we're... um this is, you know, we just want to clarify, we are not doing the concert again this year. This We have no fiduciary connection to the Live United Live concert that's happening this year. It's really being run by the David Z Foundation. Um, if there's any loss, it will not affect our organization. We are involved in name only. And is that confusing? Yes. So <laughs> we are we're actually looking into um, what our options are, um, because as the article did say, there was an MO, you know, an MOA, a, a memorandum of understanding, and it's very confusing. And we are very concerned about brand, you know, brand trust and making sure that people can trust us. And we, we really did learn from our mistake, which is why we're not involved in the concert this year. Did anybody ever rebuke the board for allowing this to happen? I mean, I, when Joe was the boss here, I would go to him and say, Joe, we should buy a new fire truck, paint it blue and white, put WKOK on the side with ladders and antennas and stuff. You know, he would just kind of roll his eyes because he is responsible and he knows that wouldn't work. And he had a board that would say, well, no, we're not buying any fire trucks. Did your board ever put the brakes on this that you, either of you know of? I think we'll just go back to the fact that we're really trying to make sure that in the future there's best practices in place. You know, I think that um, as as you've already mentioned, Mark, you know, there's just there was so much going on during the pandemic. And, you know, truly Greater Susquehanna Valley's United Way stepped up in a way that I can say from running a neighboring United Way at the time, you know, was just 
so forward thinking, making sure that, you know, Wi-Fi was in place for kids who are not in school, that they really had the connection so that they could do schooling, making sure that our nonprofits had, you know, supplies in place and the PPE they needed. I think this one was just, an, you know, an honest miss, but, you know, we'll make sure it's not a miss a second time. Well, the money that you did have to use to make up uh, for the shortfall in the concert, how does that impact on your operations going forward since it was money that was intended to, or could have been put to other uses? I mean, how can you recover? Are you recovered? Or is it going to take some time for you to recover? I don't think it's any mis- like COVID hit nonprofits really hard. And again, you know, as Adrian had already said, the concert was conceived in 2019. Like that's when the idea to have the concert was. No one knew that a pandemic was going to hit. And then, as we said, multiple postponements, um, contractual obligations, you know, and there's something there, too. You know, we didn't want to renege on the contracts that we had with the bands, you know, the artists and freelancers and those that industry was hit extremely hard as well. And we wanted to make sure we honored our contractual obligations and doing so we took we took a loss. And um, yes, we're we're putting new procedures in place. We're putting the those checks and balances to make sure that we limit that liability. There's accountability. There's a whole, a whole another step of level and process of approval for events. Um, so we are doing everything we can to make sure that we do not do this. You know, we want to have the utmost transparency. That's why we're saying, yeah, we made a mistake. We own it completely, and we're learning from it by doing all of these things by adding these new layers of protection. And um, we do believe that the um, we want to see that level of transparency and stewardship that we believe our community deserves and that we ourselves want to see. So, Well, you've been very forthcoming in answering our questions. So the next obvious question is, you're talking about recovering. Where do where does the United Way go from here? What are you looking forward to doing? What what? How are you going to recover? And we're going to answer that in a moment. Uh, oh, so right, we're going to find. Oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. That is a perfect pivot point to talking about the future. And even without uh, you know this concert, the United Way is got to change in the years ahead. I hear that from every nonprofit that sits on that side of the table. They said, you know, this idea of just asking for a donation and then super serving our audience, it's not a strong enough connection anymore. So we're going to talk about the future of the United Way. If somebody has a question for our guests, uh, we have the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way Executive Director, or President and CEO, pardon me, uh, Adrian Mail here, and she's also President and CEO of the United Way of Columbia, Montour County. Daniel Velkoff is here. She's a marketing strategist at this moment for Columbia and Montour. But we're going to talk about this, again, this forward-thinking, big-thinking that we get from these boards around here. So we're going to be talking about that uh, shortly on WK, okay? There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market 
it and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. so much. Uh, for Should I the, repeat my question? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be fine. Go okay. right ahead. All right. Uh, where are we going from here as the United Way? What are you looking to accomplish going forward and, and what are your plans for the future and your merger and everything else that's going on down there? Awesome. Well, I think uh, what I'll do is just take a minute super quickly to just make sure that everybody even knows what United Way does because I think that, you know, so often we assume it because we do it every day, but United Way, because we do, at, we do many things, but we have two really main arms of what we do it's you know it's it's complex so the one thing that we do we've always done and what people know us best for is our fundraising campaigns in the fall of every year and that money uh, is of course the money that we use to run the organization but more importantly that money goes out to our partner agencies and we fund organizations um, that do programming in education uh, health and financial stability and we know that for our region financial stability you know it's the biggie it's really what we're trying to you know help people be safe, secure, stable in their homes. But the fun thing that we do and the forward thinking piece is really in this new community impact, collective impact work, where we get to say, what is the need of you know of our local community? That's where we can really dig down into each individual community. What are the needs? And how do we bring our partner agencies, other community partners to the table and all work together? Because we have so much collective power in this community to make change here for ourselves. How do we do that? And in the best cases, uh, United Way can even help, and sometimes others too, infuse these programs with money. So that when we have an idea, we can carry it forward. Well, I've always been uh, thought it was super noteworthy that the United Way really identifies needs in the communities and then identifies a solution, then finds a donor, a grant, a, a, a way to fund it. Instead of, if it were me, I'd think, okay, Joe, can I have $20? Yes. Okay, now I'm going to go find something to do with it, you know, to make it, uh, to double it or to make it. But you guys find needs out there, fix them, and then say, okay, would you like to help along the way? A merger's being talked about. Uh, I guess it sort of has a, what, a semi-greenish light. I don't even know what to describe it. Depends on who you talk to. They kind of say it's either a done deal or certainly could happen. Yeah, well, I think it's unique that I have been running the two organizations now. Um, it really was so natural because Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way and Columbia Montour United Way have been working on shared programs and have been sharing staff actually for a good five years now. We really we recognize that our communities are all different but have very similar needs and uh, Joanne Troutman and I quite frankly have always had very similar views on how to run a United Way and really what that means for our communities. So it's been a beautiful partnership. So it was very natural for me to step in, make sure that nothing stopped because there was so much happening at Greater Susquehanna Valley United way, uh, you know, a real goal was to make sure that none of that ever got halted, that we could just kind of seamlessly move through, which for the most part, I think we have. But uh, there is going to be an official vote by both boards, uh, Greater Susquehanna Valley and Columbia Montour coming very soon. Uh, and an official merger will take place, we believe, sometime this summer. And what's the advantage of being even bigger? So the advantage of being even bigger, a couple of different things. We're always, of course, really concerned about our bottom line, our budget. We're not 
merging because of the budget. Uh, you know, it's not a situation where either organization couldn't continue to run. But we do think that we could really be much more lean and mean if we were together. So that means more money to our partners. We like that. But really, the other advantage is that all of these programs that we're doing, we have seen that they work really well five county, and we're able to go after much more competitive funds in a five county scope. Because you're, you know, a grantor, of course, would say, ooh, more people impacted. That's really great. We like that. So five county for us feels really natural. Um, and we think we'll be, you know, we've already actually seen just since I've been here nine, 10 months, we've brought in um, quite a significant amount of money uh, through new grants and new partnerships to do the work of the community. So we want to just see that continue. One of our good listeners sends us a text with two quickie questions back on the concert. Did Joanne Troutman leave because of the concert? No, okay. no, definitely not. All right. And I'll ask the second one in a little bit because it ties to my future, my question, which is the future of United Ways in general. Um, you, you're lucky enough that you get donations, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is just fabulous around here. So that's great. But that number is going down. Nonprofit donations, uh, while our population increases, go down. But your budget goes up and up and up. What's the future? I guess we'll start with Danielle. What's the future of United Ways in general or charities in general and the greater Susquehanna Valley United Way? I think we always need to be innovating. And again, uh, Adrienne is uh, wonderful in this. And I, I've really enjoyed the time that I've had working with her because she is so forward thinking. Um, but we really do need to innovate. And I will say, and Adrienne, I think you can speak to this piece a little bit more. But, um, you know, we do value every dollar we get. And that's one thing that Adrienne, I can, I can attest from my time having worked with her. I came on right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm hit, so December of 2019. Um, so we worked through <laughs> probably one of the most challenging seasons our entire you know nation country has seen. Um, but she accounts for every penny. And that's like one of the things I love about her is that she can, she loves and, and it's a core belief of her, that transparency and being able to steward money well. Um, so I've always really appreciated that. However, we are seeing a drop in, you know, the way that we've worked um, with our workplace campaign, um, it is kind of becoming an antiquated system. So we're really trying to also capture a new audience in our younger generation. Um, you know, our young people are so passionate and so activated by the issues that we we identified as core needs for our account, our community. So, uh, like looking to the young people, looking to their innovation. But then also this, and this is where I I believe Adrian really shines is really going after those grant dollars because that's a big part of like what is really evolving into the program that we're working on now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we're really aware of that. And quite frankly, so is United Way Worldwide. So yes, workplace campaigns, our individual donations, we're going to continue to try our best to go after those. But it's really this community impact work where we can bring people together, go after grants, yes, but other contracts. So I see that actually the question was around youth mental health, which I'm, I'm really glad was brought up because youth mental health is probably, it's definitely one of the biggest needs. It's hard to say it's the biggest, but one of the biggest needs that's facing our region. It is serious, and quite frankly, it is scary. Uh, we believe that the concert did really great work advocating on the, you know, on behalf of youth mental health to bring it to the forefront so that the community understands what a significant issue this is. We have um, right now an offer out for a new youth mental health coordinator.
coordinator. This is someone that's going to be working in our communities and with our schools to make sure that everybody has got a plan so that if a youth presents with a mental health issue, that they can be you know, addressed immediately. And this is actually money that is coming from the schools have actually said this is such a big issue that they're putting in dollars to support this. So it's not just grants. It's how do we pull together, all together, schools putting in, we have 17 school districts. So if every school district puts in just a very little bit, we can get this person going. And, and we are. That is currently happening. So it's really, it's just that outside the box, where can funds come that are a little bit differently, um, you know, secured that we're really looking to do in the future. All right. We have a moment left. Uh, yeah, that, that last text that I said I would uh, merge into the question was, did any money go to uh, child mental health services or sort of a dedication? So that more than answers that, that's fine. Well, we have a moment left, so I'll kind of open up the mic. I really want to make sure that you leave here uh, telling folks uh, just about uh, sort of how this, <laughs> I'm going to go back to that phrase, the think big mentality is there and how you help so many people, especially during the pandemic. I hope this doesn't leave a dark cloud over the United Way because I really just think that you do so much good around here. It's Maybe much I could of it ask a, a quick question sure. that, that might bring that out. You know, how do you respond to people who say, I used to give the United Way when they were helping charities. Now they're into social engineering. Why is that important? Hey, guess what? This is the best part. We do both. We are always going to take in those funds and send them out to partners. That will always be at the core of our belief system. It's how we were funded. We're just looking at it a little bit differently now. Now we can bring in grants that also go out to those partners. It's just, you get two for one essentially now. So honestly, for people who say that, I say, first of all, give me a call because I'd love to talk to you more about it. Um, but truly, we fund the partners and now we're also, in addition, working on meeting community needs with our community. Like You can't get better than that. Joe liked it when it was Sealance Grove Community Chest. He knew Dorothy Anderson <laughs> in person, so this would be long before our time, but uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, anything else to add? Just a, We have a, just a moment left. Anything else you wish to say? I just, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to come in and set the record straight, but also share all the wonderful things that we're doing. You know, really the core of what we do at the United Way is put people first and put people at, at the forefront of what of what we do. And it's with that lens that all decisions are made. Do we make mistakes? Yes. Are we willing to learn from them? Absolutely. Greatest accomplishment during the pandemic was my chocolate milkshake in the Kmart parking lot only 16 short months ago. The Dairy uh, Association had an abundance of dairy products, so they turned it into ice cream, turned it into milkshakes, and I was there to report on it, so it was great. Anyway, well, now there's okay. a piece of information right, I'll carry so with me all day long. Not a good milkshake. That's not helpful. It's early. You have an open mic anytime. This is WKOK. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. We now have open phones. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to talk about uh, the greater Susquehanna Valley United Way 
and uh, the merger or the uh, work that the tremendous work they do in our community plus this uh, concert idea seems to be talked about lately so uh, we can discuss that and we got some other things in the news we got ghost guns back in the news I believe these are these guns without serial numbers that folks can either manufacture or buy the pieces so uh, we can talk about that uh, or anything else on your mind we got open phones on the market sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company check them out at sunburymotors.com uh, you can uh, check out our toll-free line 1-800-795-9565 how would I check that out well you Just would out pick curiosity up the, you pick up the phone <laughs> you say 1-800-795-9565 no, that's using it then you use it and okay. then when I answer the phone you say you are wrong <laughs> let's practice now, Kevin Hello, will answer you're the phone on, first you're on the mark <laughs> yes Joe? mark you're wrong okay thank you all right we're all set the show's back to normal you can email us at on the market wkok.com you can text us at 70236 include the keyword OTM uh, and uh, news yes news headlines <laughs> thank you that's what they're called I forgot, right. I forgot what the, this thing I've been reading out loud for 30 years is <laughs> the, it's called news the Northumberland County coroner has officially ruled a Shemokin woman's death by sword a homicide coroner James Kelly said Monday afternoon Rhonda Pierce's death was a homicide due to sharp and blunt force injuries since an autopsy was performed yesterday charged in the death is 21 year old Corey Quincy of Shemokin. Greater nope, check that Susquehanna Valley Conservatives Forum last night uh, was an opportunity for gubernatorial and lieutenant governor candidates to talk about their candidacies. Joe Gale called out Mr. Mastriano for allowing the mail-in voting debacle in Pennsylvania. His word, not mine. And one of the candidates running for governor, that's Doug Mastriano who I call Doug Malin Mascherano. And in my opinion, anyone that voted for that disastrous legislation should be disqualified from holding any office. Dr. Nietzsche Zama uh, talked about uh, the current uh, state of... Gender is biology. And yet we stand back and watch our kids being indoctrinated in school. That the anatomy that God gave them is wrong. I want to be a nightmare to those perpetrators. Cumberland County's Charlie Garreau was also present. Uh, he'll be on WKOK's On the Mark program on uh, Thursday. Melissa Hart also there. You'll hear some excerpts of her remarks coming up. And we have some transcripts of uh, the lieutenant governor candidates posted at WKOK.com. Meantime, not campaigning. State Attorney General Josh Shapiro traveled to Washington yesterday to talk about ghost guns. Shapiro, who's been pushing Ooh. for regulation of guns that people can buy online and assemble themselves for three years, says he's pleased with the president's announcement. Ghost guns have become a weapon of choice for criminals. Just too easy for them to get here in Pennsylvania and, and really across the nation. And this loophole that exists is just costing us too many lives. And the president took an important step to close that loophole. Shapiro says he had tried to have the ghost gun loophole closed in Pennsylvania only to have those efforts tied up in litigation by the gun lobby and ghost gun manufacturers. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Some grant money at work. Dries Orchards has better lighting its facilities thanks to a grant from the state DEP up to $5,000 for businesses that increase their illumination while going LED and use 
using considerably less electricity, 70% less energy for the lighting at Dries Orchards in uh, Paxinus. And medical marijuana bills are pending in Harrisburg. Well, actually, there's a legal um, marijuana bill pending in Harrisburg. There's another one that would let medical marijuana users enjoy edibles. That's Joe's favorite kind of pot. It would allow them to use those. I beg your pardon. Also, oh, now you're going to say you never tried it. And you're, I never did. Never okay, will. Okay. Thank you. You're not high today. Nope. All right. Also, a bill I'm that low. would allow people to grow homegrown pot at home for medical marijuana Where patients. Where else would you grow homegrown pot? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Another one would expand access to financial institutions for the medical marijuana-related businesses. Another one would let you use your medical insurance to pay for marijuana uh, coverage. Of course, legalizing pot and taxing the heck out of it is probably what the <laughs> government will do. All right. 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners says, looks like Jake Corman will drop out of the gubernatorial race today or tomorrow. All right. Well, was he up at the conservatives event? Last no, night? he was not no, there. Was he was okay. just on WKOK's On the Mark program. I hope that didn't kill his campaign. Oh, we've done that before. Uh, <laughs> we put people out of business. Uh, Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Go right ahead. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> I watched Joey's speech yesterday down there about those guns. You know, so scary. Uh, but he, he's put out some his usual lies about, uh, you know, the firearms manufacturers not being able to be sued, which is a lie. And it, that when the Second Amendment was, you know, written that uh, the citizens couldn't buy cannons, which was a lie. But the big thing is, he, he went on to say that, you know, how did he put it? Oh, he's going to crack down on gun trafficking, which, okay, I have no problem with that. But he says 5% of the FFL dealers sold 90% of guns used in crimes. That was from his speech. All right. Now, Mark, if you know who 5% of the criminals are and you can verify that, wouldn't you arrest them and put them out of business? Absolutely, right away, before sunrise. Right. So if they known this, and, and I forget what the year was. It's been for the past however many years it was. can't remember exactly what he said. They said they've known this, but they don't put them out of business. I don't understand. How can this possibly be? Well, I don't think we have stringent enough enforcement of the existing gun laws that we have in the U.S. How about that? How many times have you? How many times have you told us that? Well, okay. Now that's geared towards criminal misuse. The guys that go out in the street and rob, rape, murder—you know, people—and do this—you know, just shoot up the streets. When they catch those guys, my opinion is they don't throw the book at them. Personally, if it was up to me, they catch them and they convict them, they should be executed. But they won't do it. <laughs> that's that's my feelings Jeez. on that. Because if you take those people off the street, convict them of using a gun in a crime, and if they've killed somebody and you execute them, they will never get out of prison and do it again, will they? Well, they won't get out of prison. They'll get out of prison, but they'll be going out in a hearse. Exactly, and that's the way it should be. Because the people that are the victims of this, what do they have? They go out in the hearse a long time ago, but these people sit on in jail, living off the taxpayer's dime for years, decades, not centuries, because it is decades. And every now and then they'll let one of them loose on compassionate reasons. Well, bull, they need to be executed and taken out of society permanently. 
that's my feeling. Because, you know, we have an epidemic of gun violence, they tell us. That's what they've been telling us. Although, there is no such thing as gun violence because a gun cannot commit violence. Sorry. Famous quote sits sit in here, the they, corner. They, they sit here forever and they do not commit violence unless somebody picks it up and uses it. Right. We don't have a ghost Lane gun problem. Simple. We have a ghost gun holding criminal problem, right? Ghost guns. Well, you know, the ghost gun thing, here in Pennsylvania, let me tell you, if a person builds a firearm, okay, which is legal right now, probably won't be, but whatever, if they build a firearm, a handgun in particular, they cannot use that firearm to carry if they have a concealed carry permit because any firearm that you use for that purpose must be registered with the state police because all handguns, legally purchased handguns in the state of Pennsylvania are registered with the state police. All right. All right, we got so, you. Yeah, and, and Joey, you know, sending, you know, letting the, it's what do you say? He's doing this by regulatory fiat because he can't get things through Congress again. You know, that's that's the problem with the government down there. Everything's through regulatory fiat through the through the you know the executive agency. orders and that's stuff. Full. It's all constitutional. It needs to stop. All but right, we I got you. Thank you so much, Stan. Thanks, Thanks for Stan. calling in. Have a great one. Yep, yep, yep you bye. too, buddy. Thank you. 1-800-795-9565. Mike is next on the radio. Good morning, sir. Yeah, so uh, this ghost gun, that seems to be the, the newest catchphrase narrative that the Democrats have thrown out there. Have they told us how many murders have been committed by ghost guns? Armed robberies, rapes, all these things. I, I'd like to know the the data, how big of a problem this is, because everybody I know that has personally built a ghost gun either had a government clearance, a security clearance, was law enforcement. I, I, I don't know any criminals that, uh, you know, went through the trouble of uh, building a ghost gun. How many criminals do you know, Mike? Just curious. <laughs> I, I know some criminals. I mean, I happen to have a, uh, a minor criminal record that I could have beat, but I decided, hey, I broke the law as it was written, and I'm going to live with the consequences. You know, you know, that's the way I am. But the, the, the thing is, the, who is what I'm going to ask you, Marcus, who do these ghost guns threaten? Oh, I have no idea. I, I, I don't really, I hate to tell you this. Anybody they're pointed at, how's right. that for an answer? It, it, it is, Stan is 100% right. That's not the thing I hated to say. I don't mind saying that. I just hate to say that I just think the ghost gun issue is, it's, a, it's like vapor, you know? It's like, I am so against vapor in the air. It's like, let's get rid of it. Okay, what does it do? It doesn't do anything. Criminals do criminal behavior. Robbers rob, rapists rape. Ghost guns do nothing. And, you know, as you said, there are, existing ghost guns, so to speak, without traceable numbers on them uh, in the world. You don't see them for sale or anything, but people can build them, you know, or, but in, or in however they want to do question, that. You said how many people are oh, impacted? How many How many are, how many of these guns I have are no committed idea. I honestly, in murders and rapes? And But the thing is, unless they catch the perpetrator, they don't know what weapon he used. Right. They seldom leave the guns behind. So how right, would you know right. if it was a, uh, a ghost well, gun or not? Well, if they get shot by police or well, shot yeah, at the scene they, or at, something. Right. So what I said, you'd have to catch the perpetrator to determine what kind of weapon he was catch using. Catch or kill or execute. <laughs> okay. Like, for instance, in Rochester, New York, uh, this, to this date this year, I believe there's been 21 murders, okay? And, again, a lot of people have been arrested, but I've never heard how many people had ghost guns, you know, or where they got them. Most likely, a lot of them were stolen, black market, things like that. 
But it, to Could me, be. Mark, just like you said, vapor, okay? And I'm not, I don't want to switch subjects because we're talking about ghost guns, but I'm going to do it. Vapor. <laughs> okay. We get a lot of vapor coming out of Joe Biden's mouth. <laughs> inflation. Come on inflation now. came up at what? 8.5% today, they said. Is that what it and is? You know what? Jeez. Yeah, 8.5. And you know what? It, first oh, it was it's... transitory. Then it was supply chain. Then it was the meat packers. Then it was the oil companies. And now the key words are Putin price hike. Okay, now it's Putin. You know, it's everybody but Joe but Biden. who it really is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, oh, he has tough. no blame. He, he's just no blame at all. Yeah, and it, I mean, you know, we, 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 we go down the road and down the road. And, and, and actually, I'll go right to the point. The reason I called today is because yesterday I posed the question, who is coordinating this? I'm going to call it invasion, Mark. You're going to call it in, in asylum seekers. But when you have 18,000 people a day showing up on our border and being led into this country and transported all over the country, put in housing, given uh, benefits, cell phones, and all those things, that's a lot of coordination, okay? This is happening. This, this gentleman uh, texted you yesterday, and he said the answer to Mike's question is, why is this going on? He said it was called the Cloward Piven strategy. And I started looking at this on the Internet, and you know what? It, it's, it's another conspiracy theory, of course, but it makes a lot of sense. The, the Cloward Piven theory is to overwhelm the country's basically economy. Okay, they start with the welfare system and the government, and you know just more and more and more spending, devaluation of the money, social unrest, and you know I don't know what the end result is. Maybe it's a totalitarian government or not. But I I, I go back to the old thing I've been saying for a long time. All these missteps that are happening in our country, I, I just don't believe the, the laws of statistics say that they're all happening by accident. I do believe that things are being coordinated to, to draw this country down. And of course, the people doing the coordinating, they're not perfect. I don't know, you know, some people do believe that uh, Putin was baited to go into the Ukraine and uh, it was gonna be all, all over in two days and this thing would go away, but it didn't turn out that way. So maybe the people that baited him uh, just didn't really know Putin like they thought they did. Anyway, hey, I'm, I'm done rambling, and the ghost guns, uh, I hope this thing goes away in another day or so. All right, we got uh, you. I'm, I'm really tired of hearing ghost guns. <laughs> Thank you well, so you much. Well, you know, they don't go bang, they go boo. Boo. <laughs> Not now, boom, that, but boo. Listen, we're, we're making light. You know, I'm sure there's listeners in your audience that have been victims of, of uh, ghost violence, so we do have to be careful what we're saying, I guess, but good Lord. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Mike. Okay, take care. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Hold on, Dale. You're next. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at Sunbury Motors. Motors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Lawyers, guns, and money. 
Oh, okay. 1-800-795-9565. We don't usually have to... Uh, I missed that one. What was it? Uh, I'll tell you later. All right. Uh, Dale, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in, and thanks for waiting, too. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, that Shanghai lockdown is a total lie because there was somebody who just released a video yesterday saying there is no lockdown in Shanghai. They don't know why Fox News what? CNN is saying that. You're kidding. There is is no that lockdown. true? Okay. Well, and then here's another thing. Okay, you got to be careful because Trump, you know, before Trump got out of office, they passed a law where you can't disclose on where your your funds from nonprofits are coming from. That's the new law Trump put in. So now we borrowed $8 trillion on our kids' money and we got hyperinflation. Only $2 trillion by putting back in the system. And we never got our respirators that uh, supposedly spent a trillion dollars on. So... If they're six trillion dollars, that means it's all in nonprofits now, because we were not allowed to see who uh, put towards the nonprofit. I think so we I did get ask, our respirators. I would, I, I, I would ask the attorney general for each state and each FBI director from each state if they have a nonprofit <laughs> set up, because it seems like something's happening here. There is no FBI director Maybe for each state. If all that money from the nonprofits all got put into the system, hyperinflation uh, won't be here. Does people understand that? So basically, we have a one-party system. Okay? Dale, do you so, understand that there's no FBI director in each state? There is an FBI director in Washington. <laughs> okay, well, we need to know if he has a nonprofit now because uh, political mind. crime is happening. There's $6 trillion not being put in the system. So, see, the Treasury depends upon that. When you borrow money, they're expecting that money to be put into the system, but it's all being pushed in a nonprofit. So if you're elected official and you refuse to talk about these nonprofits, I think you're part of the problem. All I heard was like three conservatives mention it. And there's the Democrats and moderates are not mentioning nothing like this. Okay, but mm. you know what? Donald Trump is the president who passed this law here. He signed this where you don't have to close <laughs> on who who uh, donates to nonprofits. I don't think so Donald Trump passed any laws. But anyway. No, that's usually the Congress that does that. Nonprofits, and they got $6 trillion sitting in the account. They put that into the system. We won't have high gas prices or But you know what? Go vote for them anyway. That's all I'll tell you. All right, vote we got you. Them. Thank you so much. Appreciate the call, you know, Dale. Thank you. And, thank you. Guys are, oh. and you, you guys are set up for nonprofits, too. you got to understand that. You know, Joe. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Let's Work with us here, Joe. Joe. <laughs> yep. Let's talk about it, Joe. Come you on. are a hundred percent right, Dale. You could not be any writer. Right. I don't like nonprofits, right, Dale. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> I think everybody ought to make a profit. All right. Uh, lower right hand corner, Joe. We'll okay, get this out I'm of the hardly way. hardly know how to respond to that, Dale. Well, yeah, right. you you are guilty. He's right. <laughs> Your guest never really answered Joe's question about how lo the loss affected the programs, and that refers back to our guests at the United from the United Way. Actually, I think they did answer that. question. I think I, everything was asked and answered. Yeah. I, I think we're that, satisfied. Well, maybe maybe it didn't satisfy our, our writer, but I mean, I, I I didn't feel compelled to follow up. I, so I thought they were responsive. But uh, I thought they were very responsive to all the questions we asked. Right, 100. percent Another one says, uh, "Good morning. There was a double murder in Sealands Grove with a ghost gun. Have we forgotten about it? One murder is one too many. Have you been a victim of gun violence? If you haven't, what you say is strictly an opinion." Well, that's very true. Everything we that say on the show is an opinion. opinion. Somehow. Right. Some things we say are incidentally factual. And that, that's, but that's true. There was a double murder in Sealand's Right, that's what the that fellow used. Right. I'm t we were trying to not necessarily to dredge all that up in the interest of you know, 
not protecting the families, but not being insensitive to the families. But we're well aware that but the again, ghost gun was the used. But again, the only there. way in answer to, to Mike's question, the only way you know what gun was used in a crime is if you catch the perpetrator with the weapon. You know, there could be millions of crimes committed with ghost guns, but if they're never caught, we don't know what weapon they used. And another one says, lest we forget Buffalo Wild Wing shooting, bad guy with a ghost gun. Biden said literally anyone can order one online. Curious how true that is. Is that true? You're a, you're a gun aficionado. No, <laughs> my guns come from a shop, <laughs> a gun shop. And there, I don't have. But any I thought with guns. a ghost gun, you buy a, buy well, a kit and then you had to I assemble it. I don't it? know. Yeah, that's what. And I don't think it has a serial number, so that's what makes it a ghost gun. Again, okay. everything I know about a ghost gun, I've already said on the air, so okay. it's not well, much. Well, then <laughs> you know more than and I, I do. And I do know that Stan is 100% right. You know, yes, you can certainly crack down on guns that are you know causing dilemmas, but the guns don't cause any dilemmas. No, you know? it's I'm the sorry. people who use the guns that right. cause the dilemmas. Right, there we go. All right, Lance, thank you for waiting through all of this. You are on the mark. Well, anyway, through all this, I haven't heard anybody, like when you talk about crime, uh, mention what causes the crime, which, of course, is a criminal. Not one of those. Well, that's what actually I've been trying to say. <laughs> I just I haven't been smart enough. Yeah, it's not it's not the ghost guns. I, we could give every man, woman, and child in the U.S. a ghost gun, and, and crime wouldn't go up. Also, what they never mention about it is that gun you build is for your own use. If you decide to sell it, you jolly well better put a serial number on it and go to the um, gun shop somewhere and transfer it into who's ever bought it. Mm-hmm. If they use it nefariously and say, well, I bought it from this guy, well, in our area, your next address would probably be Lewis Bernardini. I, you know? I don't think you can take a ghost gun and put a serial number on it, can oh, you? Oh, yeah. If you can manufacture you? a gun, you can put a number on it, and your first one would be number one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, a serial number or some identifying mark. Uh, it can be uh, your favorite pet's name, for instance, because, I mean, I've created uh, several uh, short-barreled rifles and short-barreled shotguns, and on those, you must have a uh, number on there because then you can transfer it actually to yourself. <laughs> but, well, anyway, about the United Way, uh, they lost an awful lot when they started killing babies. <laughs> When that uh, sort of, this is like even in the 80s, I know everybody in our church that was uh, donating to the United Way at work, boom, that was the end of it. And when I was at work, several people, when they were signing up for their uh, uh, deduction from their paycheck, why, I talked to a lot of those guys, and about half of them said, hey, man, never more. He's going to donate to the uh, charities that they really favor. And the social engineering bit is really going to hurt them. Uh, the deal is, when you follow the science, the human brain has not developed towards it can actually make a rational thought. In other words, the Senate of the brain has not developed until about age 25. So going after those poor skulls full of mush, why, you know, they're going to make out pretty well, I would think. Okay. All right. You lost me when you got to the killing babies part. Well, yeah. They uh, donate to Planned Parenthood. 
Well, that the is greater normal. Susquehanna Valley United Way has Planned Parenthood as I don't believe a, so. <laughs> Maybe a I'm member wrong. agency. It's Planned Parenthood, fellas. That was uh, all a big deal some time ago. Huh, okay. If you just... know, that, I mean, that's going to hurt you. Hurt them a lot with the older people. Half the population, I don't think, wants to uh, into that. I really don't. So, um, also now, this is Alcohol Awareness Month, right? And you have a whole big thing about it on the. Uh, program that comes on before yours. Yep, we did a good sunrise show yesterday. Fabulous. Great people. I mean, you did a really fine job on that. You know, I mean, I got a... Yeah, it's a shame it's a United Way. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, boy. United in Recovery. That's a United Way agency. Or a United Way affiliate. Yeah, hard to believe the United Way would do any good, but yeah, they did a fantastic job. They're, it's just a great, great organization across the board. United in uh, recovery, that is. Well, United Way, too, but that's another topic. All right, we got you, Lance. Thank you so much. An answer uh, to the Cindy, question. last caller. Oh, uh, maybe just an answer to Hold this on, question. Cindy. I'm reading an article here that says, uh, arguing that out of 1,129 local United Ways in the United States, only a small number, less than 3%, provide support for Planned Parenthood. Yeah, I don't see it here. I'm looking at the member agency, Meals on Wheels, Middle Creek Gary Community Center, Montgomery House Library, Montgomery Library, so Priestley Library. obviously ours is not one of the small Ralph percentage. Library, yeah. No, they, they go right to Salvation Army, where they are contributing to Salvation Army, Shemokin Library. But no Planned Parenthood. Sorry, Lance, you missed the boat on that one. So you, you cut off your donation for nothing. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Cindy, please go right ahead. First of all, you know, I think, doesn't the Susquehanna uh, Valley United Way still sponsor the Dolly Parton book program? that sends a book like yep. a month to children, impoverished children, yep. because I've supported that. I think that's a great cause. It's very inexpensive, $25 a year, and you put a new book in the hands of a preschooler for 12 months. I think that's a terrific program. But that's not why I called. Um, I called because I'm really confused. That's nothing new. I'm sure many of the members of the audience would point that out. But I'm very confused about this. I think I hear from the Biden administration a great deal of concern about global warming and, by extension, air pollution. Would you say that's true? Yes. Okay. So, given that's the case, why on earth would he then approve this ethanol increase when that creates greater air pollution? Well, because it's likely to cut the cost of gasoline, and I think he's worried about, given the fact that inflation is running rampant and wild, he's trying to find anything he can to cut costs. Desperate times call for desperate, desperate measures. measures. Right. Well, when gasoline is more expensive, and this is exactly what the environmentalists wanted, the gasoline be on a parity with other fuels. Right, when pay the real cost. gasoline is more expensive, then people drive less, right? Right. And as a consequence of driving less, they create less Anyone? Anyone? Pollution, pollution, Air pollution. pollution. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't understand. On top of that, the ethanol damages your lawnmower, your gas-powered leaf blower, and trim, you know, triminator, and all those good tools you have. They're damaged by ethanol. So here we are with higher ethanol in the gas in the summer when we're using all those tools. 
I mean, to me, it's just as contradictory as when the Forest Service goes out and sets the forest on fire, arguing that they're reducing forest fires. And I say this because I look at the pictures and I say, my God, that looks like air pollution to me. I couldn't be wrong. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, but well. it sure does look like air pollution to me. So I think we, it, I don't get it. They need to clear up their messaging. What they need to say, it seems to me, is we're against your air pollution. It's okay if we choose to pollute the air. We'll decide when that's acceptable. But don't the forest fire, don't those pre-burns do a smaller fire so that you can avoid a bigger one later? Yes, that's the idea. Well, then that's 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 the the investment. You're investing in a small amount of smoke so you can avoid a large amount of smoke Um, later. Right. They almost burned up that nuclear research facility with one of them. So. <laughs> no uh, good deed goes unpunished. A catastrophe, the likes of which we haven't seen in our generation, except maybe for TMI. It could have been as bad as that. Um, I'm just saying, you know, make up your mind. Either you are against air pollution. I mean, this is the very reason that he canceled the, the that he used for canceling the Keystone XL pipeline. Air pollution. Damage to the ozone. And yet, not the ozone, I'm sorry, but damage in terms of releasing these noxious chemicals into the air and or carbon dioxide, which is actually present in the air. But anyway, um, why in the world would you then run counter to that? I mean, to me, this is about principled leadership. Now, if you're going to tell me that we should not be polluting, fair enough, I hear you. may not agree with you, but I hear you. But then you don't get to decide to pollute. All right, we well, got even more concerning is inflation they've announced is 8.5% in March, the highest since 1981, and President Biden is not willing to concede that he has any part of that. First it was the supply chain, then it was COVID, then it was COVID and the supply chain. Now it's uh, the high price of meat, or the price of gasoline, and now it's Vladimir Putin. Anybody steaks. except him... Steaks cause air pollution, Joe. What, what does? What it? Steaks. Steaks. Oh, they have, that's oh, right. S-T-E-A-K-S. And then you have the outrage just going out and cooking it on your grill you know they want to put they want to eliminate gas appliances in your home because in a microscopic way they release a little bit of um, the proponents which cause air pollution so they want to basically outlaw gas stoves gas-fired hot water heaters, gas um, (laughs) dryers. I mean, if you're going to get to that level of pickiness, then why would you change this policy and and add to the fact that then you're going to increase corn production to to do this you're going to you know it's, well, it's going to drive ridiculous. up the price of it's going to drive up the price of food we should be feeding people instead of using it to put gas in the car so joe biden gets a few cents off a gallon well and i understand some international groups are outraged let's remember that the ukraine is the greatest source <laughs> of grain to africa That's and right. these people are going wait a minute wait a minute So we're going to burn ours in our cars, and the Ukraine, of course, is not going to be producing much corn. It's hard to imagine them having much agricultural output in the Ukraine this year. Can we agree? If a tank is driving over your field, it's pretty much ruined, probably five years or more. I've got a feeling How do if you expect them to do that. If you try to take Stan's guns, you might have a problem. If you try to take Kevin's and my grill, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not agreeing to these things. I'm just saying, 
when the government cranks this stuff up, first of all, they don't appear to be talking to each other. They don't appear to be having a cohesive message, like we're all going to do this, right? If they were worried about pollution, for example, shut off the lights on all these monuments in the dead of night. (laughs) Or light them with LEDs. All right, thank you so much, Cindy. Thanks Thanks, for calling in. Thank you. Take care. 1-800-795-9565. we got open phones. Uh, Let's see, we are talking to, she was just talking about government waste and the ironic message from the U.S. government that they want to avoid air pollution at all costs, but at the same time burn up forests. And, of course, that creates air pollution. So uh, what do you think about that? we got two emails, no texts. So uh, email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Text us at 70236. You can call us 1-800-795-9565. Talked about the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way earlier today. They had uh, lost $138,000 on a concert that they had hoped it would be a huge fundraiser, but that did not work out during pandemic. They used to operating funds to backfill that money. And then eventually they got a PPP loan that also helped them to get through the pandemic. So that's, but there are two, two unrelated column items in their financial books. So we want to be clear about that. We got an email about that and uh, that's it. I think that's, I don't know what the other one is, but we'll read it as soon as we're done. 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. Put a big warm bun and a huge hug of meat. The inimitable Kevin Hur, fabulous producer, doing a fantastic job for us, answering them phones as fast as they ring. You can make them ring, 1-800-795-9565. Our last caller said the government's sending a missed message on energy uh, and uh, pollution, but there's a little CYA there. If, if they're going to mix ethanol back into gasoline, it's because they want the price of gasoline to go down. It's already 10%. Right. There. If it pollutes more, so be it, because we want to we win the midterms somehow. All right. All right. Tom uh, says, how about changing the show opening music from Eminence Front to the Twilight Zone? New topic, the $1 billion Mnuchin got from MDS and the $2.5 billion Jared Kushner got also from MDS. Trump's first, Trump's fist trip as president was to Saudi Arabia. This probably means his first trip. Well, I don't know. Maybe Jesse sent his fist over there. Who knows? All right, Twilight Zone music. One, one thing to keep in mind, though, guys, when it comes to ethanol, the E85, we really don't have a whole lot of E85 uh, uh, pumps around or a lot of gas stations that have the E85 available. Now, who does? Uh, uh, well, like specialized Sheets, places? Sheets does in some of the uh, in, in some of the bigger markets. Okay, I know Bear Fuel does up in uh, Benton, above Benton, up on 118. But you're, that's up on 118. Uh, honestly, you're going to find more uh, more propane uh, or not propane, but natural gas uh, gas stations uh, mm. in in this region. I'll put it that way. Especially up toward the Williamsport areas, then you'll find E85s. All right, to be continued. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, hold on. We're going to need you for an energy topic that's coming up. Next letter, Joe. Uh, oh, well, no, scratch that. Yeah, Next. We've already false, discussed that. False alarm on that. <laughs> yeah, well, the story that I was talking about um, is um, a, it's called Reality Check. And it was uh, uh, Kenny, Kenny uh, Pythas, I guess, wrote it. It's a very interesting story. He said, if you intend to adopt electrical vehicles, you had better face certain realities. For example, a home charging system for a Tesla requires 75-amp service. The average house is equipped with 
100 amp service. On our street, approximately 25 homes, the electrical infrastructure would be unable to carry more than three houses with a single Tesla each. For even half the homes to have electrical vehicles, the system would be wildly overloaded. Now that's something you don't hear about much. Well, first of all, the average home doesn't have a 100 amp service. It has a 200 amp service, so that's no, its first. No, it's 120. No, no, we're talking amps, not oh, volts. Oh, You're talking volts. 75 amp service. Right, that's what he has, but most people have a hundred or a 200 amp service. Well, and, he says and the I talked to house. a contractor says they build big homes now that have a 300 amp okay. service. Well, this is the elephant in the room with electrical vehicles. Our residential infrastructure cannot bear the load. So as our genius elected officials promote this nonsense, not only are we being urged to buy these things to replace our reliable, cheap generating systems with expensive new windmills and solar cells, but we also have to renovate our entire delivery system. This later investment will not be revealed until we're so far down the dead-end road that it will be presented with a oops and a shrug. If you want to argue with a green person over cars that are eco-friendly, or eco-friendly, just read the following note, if you're a green person, read it anyway. Uh, Eric test drove a Chevy Volt at the invitation of General Motors, and he writes, for four days in a row, the fully charged battery lasted only 25 miles before before the Volt switched to the reserve gasoline engine. Eric calculated the car got 30 miles per gallon, including the 25 miles it ran on the battery. So the range, including a nine gallon gas tank and the 16 kilovolt battery is approximately 270 miles. If you take, uh, it would take you 4.5 hours to drive 270 miles at 60 miles per hour. Then add 10 hours to charge the battery and you have a total trip time of 14.5 hours. In a typical road trip, your average speed, including charging time, would be 20 miles per hour. According to General Motors, the Volt battery holds 16 kilowatt or kWh's of electricity. It takes a full 10 hours to charge a drained battery. The cost for the electricity to charge the Volt is never mentioned, so I looked up what I pay for electricity. What it boils down to is the averages. Uh, if you take 319 per gallon divided by 32 miles per gallon, 10 cents per mile. Okay. First of all, uh, he's paying a dollar per kilowatt hour for electricity. Kevin, what's the current rate for electricity? He's electri paying a dollar sixteen per kilowatt hour. Right. What's a dollar sixteen per kilowatt hour? Kevin, what's the current I, PPO? I, I haven't heard a rate quite a, that high. I'm paying a dollar eleven. You're not paying a dollar eleven. You're paying like point oh eight. You're paying nine. No. The roundup is nine cent. The current the current PPL price to compare is nine cents a kilowatt hour. But that's on their delivery. That's not on Correct. generation. Correct. That is on the delivery side. Right. So nobody's paying a dollar. But, but you're, I, I still don't know if it's that. Well, high. maybe it's point one one zero or something like that. that but that's I'm paying probably point one one. Oh yeah. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, he's paying more. But he uh, multiplies it by ten times what his electric rate is. The second thing that I'd like to say is the Chevy Volt was the infant vehicle in 2012. It was not meant as an across-country vehicle. Now, I guess you could if you had sure perseverance, but it was meant as a commuter vehicle. It had a, a range not of 25 miles, but of 50 miles. I mean, it was 25 to 50 is the range. So if he says, well, it goes to 25 miles and stops, he's wrong. It's well, 25 to 50 miles. It. He test drove it at General Motors' request. Right. So this isn't no, somebody, I, and he said that four days in a row, the fully charged battery lasted only 25 well, miles. Well, if he's using the heater and or the air conditioner, a lot of stop and go driving. But for normal drivers, it's 25 to 50 miles, and a lot of people got 50 miles. But anyway, that was back in 2012. 
this is modern times. I mean, you get to, all of the electric vehicles are, well, most of them are in the two, three, four hundred mile range just for the electricity. But even if they're plug-in hybrids, they're in the two, three, four hundred. One, one of the ex ultra expensive e vehicles is four hundred some miles. Okay. The, the Mustang Mach-E that I drove is two hundred some miles. Put that aside for a minute. His other points about home systems not being able to handle the electricity demand. Where is all this electricity going to come from to charge these cars? All right, well, that's two different things. One is but the that's homes. that's the big thing. Well, he says the average home has a 70-amp service. That's false. All right, most homes have a 200-amp service. Secondly, he says that, PP, or, or that the, the grid can't deliver it. That's false. PPL says every man, woman, and child in their service area can get an electric vehicle, and they can handle it. They can generate the power, and they can deliver it to the homes. Where does PPL say this? I've never seen that. Uh, when Tracy Witter sat over there in that chair and told us that. So, uh, they, well, anyway, so maybe it's a utility boast, but suffice to say, they say they have enough power for most people. So, your article is from 2012, and it no, it's, is it's, just full of fallacies. It but was besides, written September 25th, 2021. No, 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 no. Real quick here. Real quick, your price is 0 .088. Uh, a problem about point nine is the uh, is the uh, uh, price to compare with PPL, and the transmission is four point three two two cents. Okay, so you're looking at about twelve, 12 cents a kilowatt right, hour, not a dollar eleven. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. I I'm, mean, he greatly exaggerated. Plus, he's driving a Chevy Volt across the country, which is really. I mean, yes, you could do it, but that's not why people bought them. They bought them so that they could commute inexpensively. So anyway, yeah, your 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 forward, which is a forward email, is from twenty. 2015 or something ancient. Uh, we got callers waiting. We're, gonna hit, we're answering the phones when we come back. But first, I got to tell you about some real electric vehicles, not the fakey ones that uh, Joe's talking about. Let's talk about the Kia Nero, the electric vehicle. $40,000 to buy. That's the, the bottom of the range of prices. You can certainly upgrade that. 200 some miles uh, on a charge, then the gas engine kicks in. Ford Mustang Mach-E, all electric, and it goes 300 some miles. And its entry price is probably about fifty some thousand dollars. Two, Hyundai Tucson, one of the top ten vehicles in the world, according to Consumer Reports, all electric SUV, three hundred miles range. And the Ford Lightning, the pickup truck, forty thousand dollars is the lower range. Of course, the one that I picked out is ninety thousand dollars. So that's probably the upper range. And Hyundai has it must be loaded. Well, Hyundai has a number of electric vehicles for forty some thousand dollars. Bottom line is, don't listen to Joe. Listen to the facts. <laughs> electric vehicles can work. PPL says they got lots of electricity to pump them up. And, uh, of course, you would have to put, uh, you know, you probably want to charge with 220 at your house, which means you're going to need an electrician. I don't know. I just think anytime you bring an electrician to your house, you're going to pay a thousand bucks to do anything these days. So uh, that's just fair warning. But the Sunbury Motor Company would just love to talk to you about the electric vehicles. Again, same as everything else, four to six month wait for these vehicles, for any vehicle you buy today. Uh, so uh, yeah, check it out. Sunbury Motors, buy an electric vehicle, Hyundai, Kia, or Ford at Sunbury Motors. Start your search at sunburymotors.com. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing 
and they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Where do you think it all comes from, this powerful electricity? electricity. <laughs> all right, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners says, take away gas, natural gas appliances. Laugh out loud. Where did you get that? Uh, I think uh, reducing natural gas usage in the home is part of this. Well, it's not part of my plan. It must be part of the Biden shtick. I love gas. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> all right, Bob, you're on the mark. Thank you for patience. Patiently, patiently waiting. Much yeah, appreciated. Like yeah, you got one each. minute. <laughs> oh, a minute. Oh, boy. Well, I got a 2014 Chevy Volt. I get 30 miles on a charge. I bring it home. It comes with a charger. You can plug it into your house to a 110 outlet. Charge it up. You don't need to worry about having an electric station put in your house. You don't need one of them. And, yeah, laugh out loud. Where in the world would Cindy ever come up with taking away a gas appliances? I mean, you pay more for gas appliances. They last longer. I understand that. But that was this crazy, that's the right-wing radicals making more noise. Mm, I don't know. I think, so. I, I think reducing natural gas consumption is widely talked about even in the home. It's like using fewer power mowers outdoors. They pollute quite a bit. But yeah, well, you can buy, uh, you can get the battery-powered ones now. One of our good uh, listeners says... I only pay seven cents a kilowatt hour for my electricity, so... All right, we got you, Bob. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Yep. One of our listeners says 220 isn't necessary. It charges faster, but it's not necessary. Rick, you get uh, 30 seconds. Uh, Basically, Mark, you're wrong. Most homes don't have 200-amp service. 100-amp service was standard up through to the 1980s, and any house built after that is when 200-amp became... Effective and currently in the housing market, just in the last three years, with three homes I've dealt with, all three needed to be upgraded to 200 amp service in order to be sold. So, 200 amps there, but it's not predominant. So all right, we got you. Fair enough. Thanks Perfect. For, thank for you so much, thank Rick. You. Really, I appreciate the correction. Yeah, Joe and I looked it up. We found a ton of homes that are between 100 and 200 amps, but 200 is not the dominant. So, uh, I stand corrected on that. To be continued, we'll have PPL talk about the fact they got plenty of juice if you want an electric vehicle. This is WKOK Sunbury.